As an example, I bought a house that had mold growing in it. And one of the first questions I asked the seller is, did you make your insurance claim yet? And they said, no. I said, great. We bought the house, made the insurance claim, and um, it's great. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session. Coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And first, well, I hope you're having a best ever weekend. Happy Saturday. And because it's Saturday, well, you know what we're doing on Saturday. We're doing Situation Saturday, where we talk about a sticky situation our best ever guest has been in. And they're not just going to talk about it. They're going to mention how they overcame it so that if and when you come across this situation you'll know how the heck to handle it. With us today, we got a repeat guest who gave his best ever advice, episode 72, episode titled, Why Wholesalers Wholesale Houses is Beyond Me. How you doing, Michael Quarles? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, back by demand, my friend. Back by demand on a beautiful Saturday. There you go. Well, a little bit about Michael, and then he'll get into it in uh, more detail and then into a situation. He is a founder of I Buy Houses, Ugly Ones Too, as well as yellowletters.com. He is a direct mail expert, and he's done, I've got done close to 1,000 deals. Is, is that still accurate? Uh, I think I'm over that now. Yeah, all right. I'm not over it, like, not like, I'm just like <laughs> tired of it. <laughs> oh, over and, and, yeah. All right, and, so... If deals are, are are fun and easy. I think once you once you understand systemization, they become real simple. I agree. Well, um, you are one of the leading experts in that. You can say hi to him at michaelquarles.com if I didn't mention that already. And go listen to his best ever advice, not now, but after this episode, which is episode number 72. With that being said, Michael, you want to give the best ever listeners just a brief background on where you're at now and then go ahead and talk about what this sticky situation is? Sure. Um, where I'm at now in an investment business, I have taken the concept of buying houses, uh, brick and mortar, and I've turned it virtual. And I'm enjoying that. So we're buying houses all across the country. And we've gone from the call outbound center kind of concept where someone like a, uh, a service would answer your phone or you'd go to voicemail completely to an in-house 
I have Alex and Ryan's. And my Alex's are people that answer the phone. And my Ryan's are people that negotiate. We never see a house. We never meet a seller. And um, we buy a bucket load of houses. And again, all across the United States. It's kind of fun because we don't get stuck in our own economy. So we just go to wherever the the hot market is and, and st- start buying there. Okay. I was stuttering. I apologize, everybody. <laughs> I didn't pick up on it. Don't worry. I don't think they did either. Uh, tell us what was the situation now that, that you were in and, and, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, it's a hard cause you know, we never like really want to talk about sticky situations, but I think they're important. This one is more stinky than sticky. <laughs> okay. And you know, there's, we all kind of do short sales. I guess if we've been in the business for a couple of days, we'll do a short sale. We'll do you know, a wholesale deal, a wholesale deal, all kinds of things, fips and fix and flips. Um, but this was a short sale deal and it landed on our plate. And I only like doing short sales when there's a situation that the lender doesn't want to deal with. And this one was a stinky situation because we had a, a double homicide in this house. And so here I get, we get this call Person wants to sell a house. He's been behind on his first and his second mortgage. And um, he wants to sell it. The only way we can buy it is through a short. I actually go out there to the house. And poor people. They were, it was a drug deal gone bad. So double homicide. No one knew that there was a, a crime scene for a while. And in fact, the people that, perpetrated it, came back to burn down the house with the people inside the house afterwards to try to conceal and, and that the, there was a crime scene. And I guess when the fire department showed up, they obviously, there was a crime scene. So the, there was this house for sale. And of course, the only way we could buy it was a short sale, but there was two underlying lenders. And we had to get, of course, the first lender they were absolutely okay with giving me the house. The second lender, I guess they wanted the house with the dead people in it. And um, that one was pretty hard to get rid of. In fact, the seller actually signed a promissory note. So they were going to take their collateralized note off the house and actually sign another promissory note to pay them back 10% of the mortgage, which for some reason the seller did. I wouldn't have done it at the time, but they did. So we worked the purchase short with the lender. Have you been in a house that wasn't pleasant like that before? Negative. Not even don't close. ever want to go in one, by the way. If anybody ever asks you, hey, I got this house over here, just don't do it. Because you know on, on TV where they, where they depict that there's a really bad odor that comes from this thing? Mm-hmm. It really is a stinky situation. What... What, it, it gets, I yeah, I don't, gets, yeah, I don't even know what to ask first. Go ahead. Keep on going. So now there's health and safety issues in this kind of stuff, if you can imagine. Yep. We get the, the property under contract. We have the right to buy. Knowing that there's health and safety issues on the house and knowing that, of course, the lenders would have required insurance on the properties, right? Mm-hmm. We had the seller sign over rights to the insurance policy 
so that we could claim against the insurance policy because there was health and safety issues. And of course the fire and you had to mitigate all of the crime scene. That was okay, but it didn't. And although we got, we had the insurance proceeds signed over to us, the insurance company wouldn't make the claim. We couldn't make the claim on our own behalf. The seller then had to make the claim on their behalf because of course they were the insured, although they, we were the beneficiary to the um, the proceeds. Have you ever had one of those happen? Negative. It's not as fun as it sounds. It really isn't. Because in a situation like that, when the seller who was the one that had the insurance makes the claim, they then, although they have a legal document that says they're supposed to pass those funds to us and those funds are ours, the insurance company doesn't have to necessarily agree to do that because their insured is the one that they pay. And we had a heck of a time getting the insurance proceeds. Now, we had to file this insurance claim after we took ownership of the property just because of the way the short worked out. So here I sit with a house that is partly burnt down with dead people in it or were in it. Um, can't do anything to the property until I get my insurance proceeds. And it's in a neighborhood that I wouldn't want to drive down during the day. In fact, when I first found the house to go to the house to actually see it, I called my um, MMA instructor up and I asked Eric to meet me over there just in case there were people that wanted to go back into the house and we didn't want them to. So it wasn't a very nice neighborhood, but we ended up buying the property, um, getting the insurance claim, and then we resold it to another investor who um, put it back together and loved it. It was the craziest situation I have ever been in buying a house where I had a double homicide, bodies blew up, house was arsoned to hide the evidence, had to deal with a insurance claim after purchase. So basically I got a free house. I sold the house in as is condition without the insurance claim. So um, that was a separate part of the purchase to an investor who went in there and um, fixed it all up and kept it as a rental. Sticky situation and a stinky situation. How much was the purchase? My purchase or his purchase? Both. I, I paid like twelve grand for it, and he bought it for sixty. And you said that's not including the insurance claim. Yeah, the insurance claim overpaid me back my purchase. Okay, so how much was the insurance claim? Do you remember? Twenty-seven. So I actually got a free house. So what is twelve from twenty-seven? So I got a fifteen thousand dollar check in the end of the day, and a sixty thousand dollar check. Right. All because a lender, and I can understand that they didn't want to deal with a house with a double homicide. Um, and I didn't realize that when, you know, when we, when we're not alive anymore, our bodies did this kind of stuff, but it's amazing. When, Truly. Yeah. Amazing. When you, uh, entered what, what's your protocol? Do you just immediately call? I the didn't realize that, um, what I was about to walk in on. All I heard was, yeah, there was a double homicide. No one explained to me that body parts blew up all over the walls kind of stuff. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. So here I am in just regular old street clothes, and um, yeah, the, the smell's pretty 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 crazy. So we immediately had a trash out crew, for lack of better words, um, once we had ownership, go in there and um, strip it down to studs, and the bodies were already gone. So that at the end of the corner had already done all that stuff. 
so we stripped it down to studs so we could get as much of the smell out as we could. With the fire, how much of the house burned? Not much at all. It was like they just poured gasoline on the bodies and started them on fire. So, so very little of it, all of, although there was enough to make an insurance claim. And then the fact that we had the health and safety issue. And what was done with the, I mean, you said you got the, oh, you didn't do anything though. Uh, no, we didn't do anything. Yeah, you didn't do anything. I sold it as is. You sold it as, except for as that, is. Except for the fact that we actually removed that portion of the house down the framing. What do you mean, remove the portion of the house? The sheetrock and the insulation, and I guess the bodies had, they blew up. So after, you know, after a few days of being there, they just blew up over onto the walls. And then the people poured gas over what corpse was left and started this fire. So um, fire didn't last long, but still you had to remove that. Got it that stuff so the smell would go away as much as it could go away. And how much did those renovations or I think I spent like seven fifty on it. Seven hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah. It was like nothing. Got it. I mean it was for me it was a I mean I needed to have it done. From a cost perspective, it was it was nothing. Got it. It was awkward for me because I had never first of all, I never bought a house where people um murdered. I never bought a house where they weren't just murdered, they just like like exploded. Right. I never bought a house that partially burnt down because of arson. I never bought a house up to that point where the second didn't want to go away. So they did a promissory note with the borrower and the borrower actually agreed, which I thought they were crazy. So that they would go away. And the, of course, the first lender would only allow them, to, I think it was 5% of their mortgage, but they still wanted that 5%. And um, no, it was 10%. And then deal with the insurance claim after that. With the promissory note to the second lender, what did they promise? A $500 a month bill or, or payment until it was paid off. And it was unsecured. Now, in California, that because it no longer was a loan attached to the property, my only assumption was because it was unsecured, then they could go after that debt if it, in fact, wasn't paid. But it was, just, it was a nuisance loan for, for lack of better things. How long from start to finish? Oh, 90 days at the most. And the guy that bought it, he spent way too much money. It's like, really, people? Don't you realize the, the area that this house is in? What's the area? Bakersfield. Um, it was probably the highest crime section of our city. You said Bakersville? Bakersfield. Bakersfield. In fact, people ask me a lot, do you, do you care about crime areas? I really don't. Because I'm not living there, and people that live there, they want to live there. And you know what's crime for me is they probably wouldn't consider that bad of a crime. Um, but um, this Got one it. was crazy. Huh. Yeah, all sorts of, of different happenings with this property. And I, That's the one property I learned how to have a, a insurance proceeds assigned to you. And now whenever I buy a house that could possibly have an insurance claim. That's one of the things we get is the insurance proceeds assigned to us. Because as long as they haven't made the claim and have been awarded the insurance proceeds, or that the time period had elapsed that they couldn't make the claim, there's still a claim on the property. And what's the approach for someone entering into that sort of circumstance? What recommendation or advice would you have for them? 
I just went to see my attorney and I asked him what the possibility was. And he said, there's strong possibility. He gave me the form and I took it to the person. She had to notarize it um, or the borrower. They had to notarize it. And then the only caveat that I was the most frustrating part of this thing was I couldn't make the claim. The insured had to make the claim. That was long and drawn out because at that claim process, the insured wanted to not allow those proceeds to, f- to pass to, to me, through to me. So that was a little bit of a battle. Mm. They didn't realize, one, that there was a claim that was possible. And had there been a claim possible, they would have made the claim and kept the money before the short. Mm-hmm. But they had already notarized it and signed it away? Yeah, they signed it away. And once they realize that, I'm glad you brought this up, once they realize that there is money, then where the, did they attempt to negotiate a portion of the proceeds? They attempted to negotiate it based upon, well, we're not going to make the claim. Uh-huh. And to that, I just said, oh, that's fine. I'll just rescind the transaction, and now you have to deal with your short sale. So the short was a bigger issue for them than um, knowing that I would be involved and force my hand than it was eventually just to, to go ahead and make the claim. Had I not been there and had they known that they could make the claim, they would have made the claim and taken the money and then done their short. But they knew that all I'd have to do is let the lenders know that there's an underlying insurance claim. Mm. Really interesting. Kind of bizarre. Yes, bizarre is one way to describe it. Uh, Another is I feel like I need a shower. (laughs) Well, you know, when I first got the call and someone said, you know, that there was... Yeah, yeah, uh, we don't have to go over that again. (laughs) Well, what do you do? I mean, do you turn it down and go, no, I don't want to deal with it? Or do you go, wait a second, no one else is going to deal with it. And that was really where it was, is no one else wanted to deal with it. And so we bought it and, and dealt with it. Mm. And he came to us from a yellow letter, which was great. And um, he, I keep saying him and her. It, an, another little caveat. We had a mom that owned the property who spoke Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. And we had a son that spoke Spanish and English that took care of all of this for his mom. So just a really interesting, sticky situation. Mm. Lots of learnings, that's for sure, from what happens when you come across a situation where there are people who have uh, are dead in a property to um, insurance proceeds being assigned to you. I think that's a, one of, I think that would be a more likely scenario, hopefully, for the best ever listeners uh, than the former, the latter of right. the insurance proceeds being assigned to you. I'm glad that you talked through that. There are occasional times when we know that there's an insurance claim on a property. As an example, I bought a house that had mold growing in it. Actually, I've bought two of them now. But the, the first one I bought, a mold growing in it. And one of the first questions I asked the seller is, did you make your insurance claim yet? And they said, no. I said, great. We bought the house, made the insurance claim. And um, it's great. It's part of what we do. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, Michael, thank you for being on the show again and sharing with us this. Uh, it's it's a bizarre situation, that's for sure. I appreciate. I mean, it's a real life situation too. That's the thing. You know, it's it's what you came across and the things that you learned. And if somehow we come across this situation um, as a best ever listener, then this is uh, this is an episode that you'll certainly remember. 
And this is, you know, how you approached it. And from a dollars and cents standpoint, how you came out ahead. It was something already done. I mean, I hadn't, I, I didn't contribute to it. So um, as an investor, we solve problems. The problem here was we had a seller who stopped making the mortgage payment. We had a lender that didn't want a property. We had a, a neighborhood that had now a structure that was becoming a nuisance and r- literally a health and safety issue. Someone had to step in and solve the problem. And we have to get paid to solve the problem. Yep. I agree. At the end of the day. So, I agree. Um, just always look for the ways of solving it. And this one tested us uh, because I've, you know, it's not like every day I get a, a call for this kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. It tested me as well during this interview and it tested, I'm sure, a lot of the best ever listeners too. But as you said, it's the reality of, of what you came across and there was a problem that needed to be solved. So right. um, really appreciate you sharing your Saturday with us. What's the best ever way the best ever listeners can reach you? You know, it's michaelquarles.com. There's ways to contact me over there. Awesome. Or yellow letters if any of you guys that are listening are yellow letter customers. Send a shout out to my sales team. They love hearing it. And um, yeah, pretty easy to get contact with. Awesome. Well, Michael, thanks so much for being on the show. Have a wonderful weekend and uh, we'll talk to you later. Very good. Look forward to it. Talk Bye. to you next time. Do you have a fix and flip project that needs financing? Then go to fundthatflip.com. You can do the online application. Takes as little as five minutes to see if you're approved. And then you could be financed within seven days. Pretty quick stuff. They're an online lender. They specialize in fix and flip projects. Go to fundthatflip.com.